You're listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We've been in uh, the Old Testament some, but tonight we're going to be in the New Testament. Philippians chapter 4. Everybody doing okay? Man, it's good to see you guys. Now, as you're turning there, I want to say that I feel like I owe you a little bit of an apology. I was talking with some of the folks last week. As I was driving home last Tuesday, it occurred to me, um, I think it's possible, unfortunately, that last week you could have left and it felt like crushing anxiety was supposed to be easy. Um, I don't think I said that. I know I didn't say that, but I think you could live with that perception that like, hey, just trust God and it'll all be good. And I 100% don't believe that. <laughs> Let me phrase that. I believe if you trust God, it is good. But I don't believe, <laughs> let's clarify, I don't believe that it's easy. Are you with me? Like, I, even, I think the title, which we don't have like the sermon series title up. This is tonight's message title. But the sermon series title, Crushing Anxiety, I think gives this image of like, boom, baseball bat, like just crushing it. Like, you'll face anxiety, right? But that, that's not how it is. Most of the time, crushing anxiety is this step after step after, after step, little by little, crushing, moving away anxiety and peace coming in. Are you with me? Um, I, that is a huge difference in this idea of just like smashing it, crushing it in one fell swoop. So I want to make sure that you, you get that. I think this, the title, though I do believe anxiety can be crushed ultimately, that I think it's a little bit deceptive with the idea of it just being easy. And the reality is, because anxiety, or I should say, anxiety is not just a spiritual thing, it's a spiritual, it's an emotional, and it's even a physical thing. So I want to say, like, put this out there too, that there are things that you can do, even that it may not technically be Christian, though I think they are Christian, there are things that you can do to help with anxiety. Like, for example, getting a good night's rest, Right? Like sometimes you're just stressed out of your mind and you go to sleep the next day, you're like, I was worried about something. What was it, right? <laughs> like, um, and if that happens, it shows you probably maybe shouldn't have been stressed about it. Or even, I know some of us don't like to do this, but like even going and doing some exercise, right, can relieve some stress and anxiety. If you've never tried that, you should try it. And you're like, all it does is make my heart race. Well, that's kind of what it does. <laughs> um, yeah, exercise can be good. Um, what you eat, right, like if all you eat is donuts, you're going to be stressed probably, right? This is not good for you. And I want to say this too. I believe that sometimes with anxiety, sometimes medicine is like needs to be part of the diagnosis and part of, part of the, um, the, the plan to kind of get you on the right track. To maybe sometimes your, your brain almost needs a reset. And so I want to, again, I want to put that out there that, yes, we're going to dig into God's Word, and I do believe that God and that God's Word can help with anxiety. I also want to encourage you in that there's like, simple, what we might call very, like, quote, human things that you can do to help with anxiety. So we don't want to minimize those or even, or even ignore those or act like it's just this kind of pie in the sky, just like, trust God and you'll feel better. Man, there's a lot more to it. And again, it's a day-by-day, step-by-step conquering anxiety. Now, a cool thing, that said, even in Scripture, there are very practical ways to fight anxiety. And that's where we're at in Philippians chapter 4. 
is Paul gives us some, some really just simple, basic, practical ways to fight anxiety. So I want us to go ahead and dive in to verse uh, 4 of chapter 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. Uh, I, I believe there the emphasis is he's saying like the, he's close. Like God is, he's with you. He's near you. It says, do not be anxious about anything. About what? Anything. But in everything. In what? Everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Here's what he says happens. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think here's the first thing Paul is saying. We're going to put it up on the screen to help you out a little bit because I've got three things we're going to see tonight. And that first one is, drum roll please. There it is, all right. You can experience the peace of God by choosing to have a conversation with him rather than a conversation with yourself. I think so often anxiety, worry, stress, it, what we do, what we end up doing is we end up kind of having this self-talk, right? This self-conversation. And Paul says, look, you shouldn't be anxious. You shouldn't be worried about anything, but in everything, you should give it to God. So you can either be troubled or you can talk to God about it. You can either be anxious or you can ask God to help. He really sets up these two as like opposing ideas. Like you can do one, but, but you can't do both, right? You can do one or the other. You can't really like choose to be anxious and choose to ask God for help. I, lo- I love this that he says, even though it's so simple, don't be anxious about anything. Let's, let's just be real clear. There is nothing that God is going to ever encourage you to worry about. I think sometimes we feel like, well, man, I need to worry about this. I need to process. I didn't say be concerned, right? We should be concerned about things. But God is never going to say, you know what, Levi? I want you to really freak out and stress over this, right? Like, he's not going to do that. No, don't be anxious. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So prayer and supplication, you know what prayer, talking to God, supplication, the idea of humbly begging God to help. Humbly begging God to help. That's what supplication means. And I love, I'm going to come back to this even more here in a few minutes, but I love that he says with thanksgiving. So thanksgiving is not the idea of, and I'm not, if you've prayed this before, maybe you even prayed it earlier today, I'm not trying to roast you. But thanksgiving here is not the idea of, God, I just want to thank you in advance for doing what I'm asking you to do. <laughs> right? Like it's not just that like God, you know, like he's a genie in a bottle. And like I'm asking, so God's going to do it. God, thanks. Go ahead and tell you thank you. Like no, that's not what it is. It's with thanksgiving, with the idea of acknowledging who God is and what he's already done for you and who you know he will continue to be. You tracking with me? So it's this kind of this posture of as you're asking God, not that you have to really literally like Tebow, but that you, you get down in your heart at least and you're saying, God, here's what I'm stressing with. Here's what I'm worried over. I want to give that to you. I'm going to ask you to help. God, I'm going to acknowledge right now that you are good and you are faithful and you're trustworthy and I know that you will never leave me. You're never going to forsake me. You're always like Philippians um, 4.13 says that you're going to always like give me what I need to face any situation. I really can do all things through him. Not like bench press 400 pounds, but like I, that would snap me in half. <laughs> like I can, I can face any situation with your strength. So God, thank you that you're going to supply that to me. And God, 
I'm just going to trust. I'm going to give this to you and ask that you do what you need to do. Does that make sense? That's what thanksgiving is. And here's the cool thing that happens when we do that. He says, when you do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. So that means peace that surpasses all understanding. Not peace that like, wow, that's just crazy peace. Which it could mean that. Like, that's the craziest peace I've ever seen. <laughs> it's not that. It's that peace that surpasses all understanding. Meaning, even when it doesn't make sense, and maybe from the outside looking in, it should be like, dude, you should be freaking out right now. That even when it doesn't make sense, you don't have it all figured out, that still you can be at peace. That makes sense? This doesn't make sense. I don't understand it, but I know God's got this. I'm trusting him. Peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love this. So when you, don't, you choose not to be anxious, but instead to ask God for help, it says that the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. So it's, in other words, it's like God is a bouncer for your heart and mind. So that when you, when you encounter situations where anxiety and stress, all these emotions would begin to flood into your heart, God's like, hold up, fools. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm protecting them. I'm putting my peace in front of their heart. How cool is that? So here's what he's saying. It's God's peace when you ask him for help and give your anxiety to him. It's not, it's not just um, prescriptive as in like it'll help you in the moment. It's also preventative, Right? That, so it's not just that the current stresses, it's that as future things come, he's like, hold up, like, I'm going to protect your heart from stress and worry if we keep giving these things to me. I mean, you can choose to have a conversation with yourself and fret over things, or you can have a conversation with God and say, God, I need your help. I want to give this to you. I'm trusting you with this. I think maybe a way I would illustrate that. Hopefully I don't make a huge mess up here. It's going to take a really long time. Oh, it's, it's closed. That's why. <laughs> and 45 minutes later, illustration continues. <laughs> there we go. Look at that. <laughs> All right. I'll stop there for the sake of time. So let's pretend. Put this over here by Corbin. Corbin, don't kick it later. I love you. <laughs> let's say this little deal is your soul. <laughs> soul is a lot simpler than you imagined, right? And these little ping pong balls are things that, that's warm, man. It's like a little hot tub in here. <laughs> Let's say these little ping pong balls are like things of stress that come up in your life, right? So um, it could be, again, for sake of time, we'll be very vague and clear. Or, <laughs> vague and quick is what I mean. So maybe it's like a family struggle. Maybe it's a, like a friend struggle, uh, a girlfriend, boyfriend struggle. Maybe it's like a conversation that you're worried that needs to happen and that's stressing you out. Maybe it's just your calendar's really busy and that's stressing you out. You start to have all these things. You try and go with me, we can go on and on. I, I think two things tend to happen. Most of us, well, oh, sorry, Angel. Most of us, what we do, we take these little things of stress and we obsess over them, right? So like they float to the top naturally, like anxiety, pulls these things to the top naturally. And then we start, we pull them out, and we're like, but what if this happens? <laughs> or, but what if this conversation goes, I don't know. And we, and we, we stress over and we just become obsessed. Are you, do you, right? Am I right? And if we don't do that, what we do is we're like, they don't exist. Nope, you're just like, just trying to push them down. And they just keep popping back up, like, stop it, right? Like, they just keep coming back up. So pushing them down is not a good option. 
they're just going to keep coming back up, right? And that's how you end up, like, I think that's for real how you end up going psycho and, like, losing it. It's like, everything's fine. Like, <laughs> obsessing is not the answer. Because God says, don't be anxious. So don't obsess and be anxious and have this conversation with yourself. No, he says, hey, I'm by your side. You could just, like, hand it to me. God, I, this is freaking me out, but I know that me obsessing it over it is not going to do any good. I know if I just like, push it down and act like it's not there, that's not going to help. God, I know that you're good and you're faithful, and I don't really get what you're doing with this, but can I just give this to you? And what is, I think it's First Peter say, we can cast all our cares on him. Why? Or maybe it's Second Peter. Because he cares for you. So he's not like, get the thing away from me, bro. No. He's like, hey, yeah, that's stressing you out? Here, I'll, I'll take that. I can handle that. You may say, hey, Brandon, that sounds like good and sweet and all, you know, Southern culture Bible, but I've prayed and, and nothing's happened. Because I felt that, I, I'm your pastor, and I felt that way often, like, God, I'm praying, like, where's the peace, bro? <laughs> Prayer, where's the peace, like, what's, what's the equation here? I, I want to be honest, I think two things are probably could be going on there to refer back to the beginning of the sermon. I think, one, you may just need more time. Again, crushing anxiety is not like, it could be this. It is this sometimes. But it's, it's often what, what typically does not happen. God typically doesn't just, boom, peace bomb in your life, right? No, typically it's this slow invasion of peace. So I want to encourage you, if you're praying but you're not getting the peace, give it some time. Don't give up. And the second thing I would say that may be like a hindrance while you're not experiencing peace, I think typically, again, speaking from my own life and talking with people, is we leave out the thanksgiving part. So all of us, we know that person or we are that person often that when somebody asks how you're doing, and they're like, hey, man, anything I can pray for you? Instead of like really having a conversation about it, you just go on a rant, right? You're like, oh, my gosh. Like one time I was talking with some folks, and I was like, hey, what's up? And this girl was like, man, my day, my day has been terrible. Don't get me started. And I was like, hey, I won't. And she was like, let me tell you. And I was like, like what? <laughs> what is, like, what is going on here? Um, most of us do that. I think we often carry that in our relationship with God, that instead of, instead of, Really saying, God, can, I, can we talk about this? And I'm going to be thankful as I'm talking with you about it and realize that you're good and you're trustworthy. Even if I don't understand what's happening and why, this, why I'm freaking out, I'm going to choose to trust that you're good. What we typically do is like we, it's like we acknowledge that God's beside us, but then we're like hand on hip, like, God, let me tell you about this problem, right? And he's like, hey, again, talk to me. I think the way you actually really bring it into an, a conversation and not just ranting at God, though he can handle that, the way you make it a conversation is with thanksgiving. God, I, I know you're good. I'm going to trust you. You can experience the peace of God by choosing to have a conversation with God and not just yourself. Now, I think it's interesting. At the end of that verse, again, he points out that it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Your mind plays a crucial role in peace. Let's read the next verse and we'll get the second truth or the next few verses. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. 
And I think here's the second truth that Paul is pointing out. We'll put it up on the screens for you. You can experience the peace of God by choosing to drown out the ugly lies with beautiful truth. I would 100% believe that and have experienced that. That you can, you can set your mind on certain things. Typically, your mind goes on autopilot. I'm going to be honest, human nature is to go to the negative stuff, right? To choose, like we always, like you can have 10 people compliment you in one day and one person say something negative and what do you focus on? The negative, right? That always, that's always what happens, right? We always choose the, the ugly and, and really the, the lie that the world offers. And God, through Paul, is saying, hey, choose to think about whatever is true and lovely and pure. I 100% believe that your thoughts direct the course of your life, that you are what you think, right? That what you think about begins to change who you are. Almost like, almost like, think about this, the same thing could be said of your time with a calendar. So if you were to calendar out, or let's say, let's say you were to go, uh, Let's just look at one week. You would look at one week of your life, and you would look back. So let's say tonight you got home, you looked back at, from last Tuesday to this point, and looked at a calendar, and you looked at your calendar. Like if you had calendar every minute, and your calendar was full, like if you count, again, like every section of the day was calendared, if it was full of like the main chunk of your calendar included you ate pizza, you binged on the office, you skipped class, and you played video games, and then ate donuts... Like that was your rhythm of life? How probably would you be feeling right now? Hopefully none of you are like, well, I can, I can testify. <laughs> it would not be good, right? That's not healthy. I'm like being silly. That would not be healthy. And if you drag that out over a month, it would be like, yeah, that's not healthy. It's always funny when people are like, you know, it's kind of a common, I feel like it's an easy thing if they're like, man, I want to lose weight, but I'm, all I do is eat junk food and don't exercise. It's like this are you hearing yourself? <laughs> like this, this is, I'm not saying it's always easy, but like think about what you're doing. What if you could look back at a calendar, though you wouldn't do this, if you do this, maybe this would be kind of creepy, but if you were to look back and somehow from last Tuesday to this Tuesday, every minute of the day had been calendar, your thoughts had been calendared. Like what was on your mind? What was running through your head? How much of it would be either lies or negativity or jealousy or just filth? Unfortunately, probably for most of us, probably a lot of it. Like when I, I never thought about that until I was studying this. I was like, man, what if I, like he says, this, this was what should consume my mind, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is just, whatever is pure, admirable, excellent. Think about these things. How much of my time is spent on things that God does not say are beautiful and true and good? How much time is my thought life is given to that? And then we wonder, like, why we're stressed out and why we're in a mess. <laughs> this is why, I don't want to get on a soapbox, and I do this sometimes, but this is why it's just not a good idea to, like, get on social media and just start going, or, like, on the Internet and, go like, go into the rabbit hole right before you go to bed, right? Really, any time to get in, go in the rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but you begin to feed your mind with the things of the world. Again, I'm not, it's not wrong to get on social media. I'm not saying that. But you can, become, you can become consumed with what the world says or what you think you should be projecting to others 
rather than what God says is true and good and right. And so often, that, me included, we'll say, like, well, man, those thoughts seem to come flooding in. How do I fight them? You, you have to begin to drown out ugly lies with beautiful truth. I think I said replace. I think drown maybe. Uh, I'm just going to throw water on everybody. <laughs> it may be a better picture because you begin to push it out. So this sounds so cliche, but it's the truth. You have to get into God's word. We were talking with the interns the other day, and anytime a student is like, I just feel distant from God in my mind. I'm just not thinking straight. It's like, you've been spending time in God's word? No. You got to do that. I guess it's like a non-negotiable. It's like, man, I feel really weak. I'm just kind of faint. Have you eaten today? No. You have to eat, right? You got to take care of yourself. Put the truth in your, in your head. Man, memorizing scripture. I was talking with uh, one of my buddies. Um, he's a freshman. And we're going to, together, we're going to try to memorize the book of James before he graduates college. Not so we can be like, man, we are so spiritual. <laughs> um, no, because, man, there's something powerful about when God's word is in your head and in your heart. And anytime your mind starts to wonder, you're like, no, I'm not going there. And you just start busting out a book of the Bible. I think Satan's like, hey, he's for real. Because <laughs> like, I'm going to leave this joker. Because you're getting serious about thinking on what is good and true and right. Begin to drown out the ugly lies with beautiful truth. And I think it's connected to what he says in verse 9, but that the God of peace will be with you. And going back to verse uh, 7, that God's peace will guard your heart. I feel like these verses, they feel like just kind of a command, but Paul sandwiched these verses about where your thoughts go right in between two verses about peace. I really do think it's like a, a huge part of the peace equation that your thoughts have a huge part to do with that. You can experience the peace of God by choosing to drown out the ugly lies with beautiful truth. There's one more thing I want us to see. I think God wants us to see from this passage. Look at verse 9. He says, what you have learned, this is Paul writing to the Philippians, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul had probably written and talked to them about so many different things about what the Christian life looked like. But he's at the very least talking about the, at the, at the very least, pointing out the things that he, that he instructed them to do from the book of Philippians, of, of how to live their life. So here, here's the third truth. You can experience the peace of God by really choosing to do what God has already given you to do. Or you could say it this way, that when you begin to live a godly life, you will begin to crush anxiety. And I'm going to, you may be like, I don't understand how the connection. Give it a second. We'll show you. Or God's word will show you. Remember I just said a second ago that I feel like at the very least Paul is talking about the things that he had said in Philippians, right? So he's saying, hey, the things you've heard from me, the things you've received from me, the things you've seen in me, do these things. So let's take like a one-minute, 60-second tour through Philippians to see what some of those things are. Look over at chapter 1, verse 6. I love this one of my favorite verses. He says, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That is not a command, but I think that's a truth to embrace and therefore live in light of. And that's what he's, what he's saying is, what God started in you, he is going to finish. He is not going to give up on you. When I live in light of that, 
That brings some peace, right? When I take every step of the day realizing, man, God's not going to give up on me. His heart's going to keep chasing after me. He's not going to give up on me. He's not going to quit on me. And that brings peace when I live in light of that. Then if you were to jump down, I'm not going to really read this, but if you were to jump down and look at verses 12 through 18, Paul was kind of giving testimony. He was, remember where he was when he wrote this? Prison. Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah, he was in prison. And he's writing Philippians and he's saying, y'all, man, you know, I'm in prison, but you know what? The gospel is being advanced. As long as people are hearing about Jesus, I am pumped, which still like blows my mind, right? Because I don't think it's the attitude I would have if I was in prison, right? Unfortunately, I don't have that attitude most days. Um, But he says, man, I'm in prison. I don't care because the gospel is going forward. Jesus is being proclaimed. I think so here's a second thing we can learn, like that we should learn from Paul and like from, from the Lord is to have a gospel priority mindset. That, man, as long as people are hearing about Jesus, I'm using seeing my life and the things I face as opportunities, not as obstacles to sharing the gospel, that I'm going to begin to experience peace in my life. And if you're still like, I don't quite see the connection, hang on, I promise. So, first of all, trusting God's not going to give up on me. Second of all, later, see in chapter 1, man, he's going to, um, I need to have a gospel priority mindset. If you look at chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, it's all about humility. And I love it because he gives Jesus as the perfect example that Jesus, who is God himself, left heaven, came to earth to die for you and me. And so he says, hey, as a Christian, there's no room for arrogance next to the cross, right? Think about how dumb that looks. Like, as a, like if this was a, if you could enact this, reenact this, like to stand beside the cross of Jesus, the king of the universe, laying down his life so we could live and to stand there as a Christian and be like super arrogant and cocky. What a ridiculous picture, right? That's the picture that Paul gives in chapter two. And he says, man, live in humility. Count others as more significant than yourselves. Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interest of others. That's what Paul said, again in chapter four, where he's saying, hey, do these things. One of those things we're supposed to do as Christians is to live a humble life that cares about other people. Last thing I want to point out, if you look at chapter 3, again, we're not going to really read it right now, but kind of 1 through 16 is what I'm referring to. He basically builds the argument that him, he says, like, beginning with myself, and really no one should do this. No one should count on their own morality, their own, quote, goodness or religion to get them in a right relationship with God, to get them to heaven. He says, it's all about Jesus. He says, because Jesus has grabbed a hold of me and changed my life. I'm referring now to verse, um, verse 12. He says, because he's grabbed a hold of me, I'm going to press on to know him more. And then it later goes on to say, so follow my example. Man, don't trust in yourself. Don't trust in your own, quote, righteousness, which even on your best day is straight up Filthy in God's eyes. Think about that. Not on your worst day. Even on your best day, we're like, man, I killed it today, living for the Lord. In his eyes, it's filthy rags. Because our righteousness is, is does never measure up to him. So he says, don't rely on your own righteousness. Look to the righteousness of Jesus. Because of his goodness in your life, because he has saved you, press on to know him more. Those are just a few of the things he says we should do. So now jump back, and I'm in a hurry, but jump back. To chapter 4, verse 9. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I love this. So I think to say it simply, here's what's going on. As I walk with God and live how he wants me to live, 
do the things God would do, as I walk with him, because he is the God of peace, I get to experience peace, right? We know this to be true in our lives. Uh, one of my best friends is, uh, Garrett is actually going to be at Fall Retreat. You, you'll hear me mention him a lot. If you keep hanging out with us, you're going to hear me mention him a lot because one of my best friends. Um, he, he doesn't take life real serious in a, in a very healthy way, I mean. Like, he just laughs at himself a lot. And he's taught, because I spend time with him, he's taught me to do that, right? Like, when I first came to South Coast, I just graduated seminary, and I was like, you can make fun of me. I always tucked in my shirt. didn't matter what it was. I always tucked in my shirt. I was always, like, very studious. And he was like, bro, you need to chill, dude. <laughs> like, what is your problem? And he helped me kind of relax a little bit, and that's been good for me, right? Spending time with someone who could be defined as not taking themselves too seriously rubbed off on me. My wife, which I, I, I feel like she's good at everything. I really can't. I've been married seven and a half years. I can't really find any fault in her. Um, I'm not just saying that. She really is. I mean, she's good at everything. But she's a very wise lady, girl, woman. <laughs> and when I spend time with her, I'll walk away feeling more wise, right? Some of you, maybe you, to take this concept the opposite way, maybe you have a roommate who they're kind of a jerk, and when you walk away, you feel mad, right? Because you're like, you are a jerk, right? Or some of you have an awesome roommate who, man, they're just, they're just a fun, like, Jimmy, I don't know who your roommate is, but Jimmy, you are fun. Like, you are, she's like, uh-huh, yep. <laughs> you, I was talking with uh, Tatum, like, you're just a fun person. I feel like whoever your roommate is, like, they get to benefit from your funness. I don't know if funness is a word. But they get to, to benefit from that. Same idea with God. When you do what he's called you to do and walk with him, spend time with him, do the things he would do, because he's the God of peace, you get to experience his peace. It kind of rubs off on you, right? Because he's got this. Think about it. When you're in situations sometimes, and if, say something bad happens in class or family, whatever, if who you're with, if they stay calm and they're at peace, it kind of rubs off on you, right? Like, oh, we're going to be okay. God has that effect. As you walk with him and do what he has called you to do, he brings peace to your life. How many of us, speaking of anxiety, spend so much time being anxious and worried, thinking about what God might want us to do? What does he want me to do with my life? And if we would just do what he's already given us to do and seeking him first, loving people, walking humbly, that we would walk with him, we would get to experience the peace of God. Right? <laughs> Maybe we should spend less time worrying about what we think he might want us to do with our lives. And just saying, God, I know you told me to love you and to love people, and I'm going to do that today. You can experience the peace of God by choosing to talk to him, not just yourself. <laughs> you can experience the peace of God by choosing to replace ugly lies with beautiful truth. <laughs> and you can experience the peace of God by choosing to do what he's already given you to do. This picture that's in the background, it's, it's going to go to the last slide if you guys don't mind. Uh, this was taken when we, by the way, that's Jordan LeBlanc in the picture. If you're in your connect group, she's like famous. Um, we took this picture on our hike in uh, Colorado this year. And part of the reason we, like, we went with the name The Journey, people ask that sometimes, is because I really do think the idea of a journey is a beautiful picture of what the Christian life is like, right? For a number of reasons that I don't quite have time to go into. But on this hike, 
So this is where we ended up. We ate lunch. We hang, hung out. We played games. There were about 10 or 12 of us, I think, in our group. And it, as you can see, which, again, a picture never does it justice. Am I right? And this is taken with a really nice camera. It never does it justice. It was stunning. Like, when we got there, it was like, whew, it was awesome. But here's the deal. What you, don't, what you don't see in that picture is that we, I don't know how many miles it was, but for probably it seemed like an hour and a half, we just walked straight up. <laughs> Not like straight up, but straight up, okay? It, it really, I felt like, like I'm... For, you know, I'm, it was one of the, if I'm just being honest, it was one of those, the, probably the first time in my life as we were walking, I was in the back of the group and I was like, I'm too old to be a college pastor. <laughs> I was like, I can't keep up with these people. And later I found out that everybody was sucking air and thinking about like dying. But, right? But I really, I was thinking like, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm not going to make it. And really, it was, it was rough, but we kept putting one foot in front of the other. And I remember, seriously, I really was almost the point of being like, hey, y'all, I'm going to stop and turn around because I can't make it. And I'm like so hungry. I don't know what's wrong with me. About that time, I hear our guide go, hey, we're here. And man, we, we kind of came around this corner and went through some brush. And this is what we saw. And it really was like immediately, for lots of reasons, mainly because I was hungry and I was so tired. And I, if you've ever seen my little legs without jeans on, I got little chicken legs. My calves were like burning and evaporated. And you know, I couldn't go any further. And it was like, whew, right? Like, this is it. I want to encourage you, and then I'm done. So often, we think that God, like, I'm going to pray. I'm going to think about good things. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. We think God just airdrops us into this valley of peace. And y'all, that is not how it works. It could. It could. God could do that. And man, I hope he does. Like, there are times like, God, could you please just do that? Could you just like airdrop me? But typically, peace comes after moment after moment, day after day, seeking God, pursuing him, walking with him. And over time, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, like, I'm, I'm here. I didn't just get airdropped, but I've, like, God's brought me to this point. Experiencing peace, crushing anxiety is not about a boom, one day, one moment, smackdown. Nah. <laughs> it's about talking with God, fixing your eyes on Him, and walking with Him day after day after day. That's how you crush anxiety. We're going to sing here in a moment after I, I pray, and I want you, as we sing, just to talk with the Lord. I think if you're a Christian, you kind of know like, what this time is about. If you're not a Christian, maybe just consider, like, are you ready to give your life to Christ? Or maybe as a Christian, you just need to consider, like, man, how, what do I need to, do I need to spend more time praying to God? Do I just need to spend more time focusing on my thoughts? Like, God, I, I want to pursue you. I want to live in peace. And then after we're done, we're going to go to connect groups. You're going to get to have some good conversation about what that looks like. But during this time, just take it to really, I don't want to make it all about you, but really take it as a, this, is, this is a time to just connect with God. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll sing, and I hope you all will respond and, and spend time with the Lord as we sing. God, we're grateful for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. Lord, we ask that you really would teach us to know and to trust that you are the God of peace. And if we'll walk with you, if we'll talk with you, if we'll set our eyes on you, our thoughts on you, that we're gonna eventually experience peace. So God, I pray that as we sing, Lord, that the, 
the words of these songs that I believe are taken from Scripture would, would resonate in our hearts, Lord, and that as we sing, we could begin to drown out the ugly lies with beautiful truth, Lord. God, we love you and trust you. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.